Chapter Six of Timothy Crump's Ward by Horatio Alger. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six: What the Envelope Contained. The card which had been handed to Timothy Crump contained the name of Thomas Miriam, Wall Street. Punctually at twelve, the cooper reported himself at the counting room and received a cordial welcome from the merchant. "I am glad to see you," he said. I will come to business at once, as I am particularly engaged this morning. Is there any way in which I can serve you? Not unless you can procure me a situation, sir. I think you told me you were a cooper? Yes, sir. Does this yield you a good support? In good times it pays me two dollars a day. Lately it has been depressed, and for a time paid me but a dollar and a half. When do you anticipate its revival? That is uncertain. It may be some months first. And in the meantime, you are willing to undertake some other employment? Yes, sir. I have no objection to any honest employment. Mr. Miriam reflected a moment. Just at present, he said, I have nothing to offer except the post of porter. If that will suit you, you can enter upon the duties tomorrow. I shall be very glad to take it, sir. Anything is better than idleness. Your compensation shall be the same that you have been accustomed to earn by your trade. Two dollars a day. I only receive that in the best time, said Timothy conscientiously. Your services will be worth it. I will expect you, then, tomorrow morning at eight. You are married, I suppose. Yes, sir, I am blessed with a good wife. I am glad of that. Stay a moment. The merchant went to his desk and presently returned with a scaled envelope. Give that to your wife, he said. The interview terminated and the cooper went home, quite elated by his success. His present engagement would enable him to bridge over the dull time and save him from incurring debt, of which he had a just horror. Just in time, said Mrs. Crump. We've got an apple pudding today. You haven't forgotten what I like, Mary. There's no knowing how long you will be able to afford puddings, said Aunt Rachel. To my mind, it's extravagant to have meat and pudding both, when a month hence you may be in the poorhouse. Then, said Jack, I wouldn't eat any. Oh, if you grudge me the little I eat, said his aunt in severe sorrow, I will go without. Tut, Rachel, nobody grudges you anything here, said her brother. And as to the poorhouse, I've got some good news to tell you all that will put that thought out of your heads. What is it? asked Mrs. Crump, looking up brightly. I have found employment. Not at your trade. No, but at something else, which will pay equally well till trade revives. Here he told the story of the chance by which he was enabled to serve Mr. Miriam, and of the engagement to which it had led. "'You are indeed fortunate,' said Mrs. Crump. Two dollars a day, and we've got nearly the whole of the money that came with this dear child. How rich we shall be!' "'Well, Rachel, where are your congratulations?' asked the cooper of his sister, who in subdued sorrow was eating her second slice of pudding." I don't see anything so fortunate in being engaged as a porter, said Rachel lugubriously. 
I heard of a porter once who had a great box fall upon him and crush him, and another who committed suicide. The cooper laughed. So, Rachel, you conclude that one or the other is the inevitable lot of all who are engaged in this business. It is always well to be prepared for the worst, said Rachel oracularly. But not to be always looking for it, said her brother. It'll come whether you look for it or not, returned his sister sententiously. Then suppose we spend no thoughts upon it, since, according to your admission, it's sure to come either way. Rachel pursued her knitting in severe melancholy. "'Won't you have another piece of pudding?' Timothy asked Mrs. Crump. "'I don't care if I do, Mary. It's so good,' said the cooper, passing his plate. "'Seems to me it's the best pudding you ever made.' "'You've got a good appetite, that is all,' said Mrs. Crump modestly. "'By the way, Mary,' said the cooper, with a sudden thought, "'I quite forgot that I have something for you.' "'For me?' yes from mr merriam but he don't know me said mrs crump in surprise at any rate he asked me if i were married and then handed me this envelope for you i am not quite sure whether i ought to allow gentlemen to write letters to my wife mrs crump opened the envelope with considerable curiosity and uttered an exclamation of surprise as a banknote fluttered to the carpet "'By gracious, mother,' said Jack, springing to get it. "'You're in luck. It's a hundred-dollar bill.' "'So it is, I declare,' said Mrs. Crump joyfully. "'But, Timothy, it isn't mine. It belongs to you.' "'No, Mary, it shall be yours. I'll put it in the savings bank for you.' "'Miriam's a trump, and no mistake,' said Jack. "'By the way, father, when you see him again, won't you just insinuate that you have a son?' "'Ain't we in luck, Aunt Rachel? "'Pride goes before destruction, and a naughty spirit before a fall,' said Rachel. "'I never knew Aunt Rachel to be jolly but once,' said Jack under his breath. "'And that was at a funeral.'" End of Chapter 6